the Inquisitive Nobody. I'm your host, Martini Jean. This is where I discuss things from matters of the heart to the heart of the matter and share my perspective, even though our perspectives might not be shared. All right, everyone, welcome back. This is for Matter First Sight, episode 12, one month down and a quarantine to go. All right, so at the beginning of the... um. Podca- uh, podcast at the beginning of the episode it states that they are day 29 of marriage all right so usually just like by the title says by day 30 they go into they haven't reached it yet but day 30 day 31 they will celebrate their one month anniversary and then after that i believe i haven't seen the next episode yet but they're going to do their um uh what is it recommitment day they're going to do a recommitment day and that was the thing that started um a bit ago uh i i forget how many episodes i mean how many seasons it was before when they started doing that do you know to recommit um uh in be uh in the middle of the season oh i think it was because after maybe season eight possibly Season 8 was with uh, Kate and Luke, where Kate suffered <laughs> the entire episode of Luke's mental abuse, and she really wanted to stay and see if it would, things would work out, and it never did, and she got into some, you know, real heavy mental stuff, and um, I don't know if that season is on netflix i believe it was season eight i think only netflix starts with season nine but uh yeah it was really a uh, heart for her and i really felt for her because that was my chick of the uh of that season and i really felt bad by what luke was doing to her so um so i they since then they re they implemented the recommitment day so halfway through the process if somebody wants to leave and get out you can and to my knowledge i don't think anybody has left during recommitment day but i know that um what's it called um i know that real early maybe season four season four season five uh there was a couple who ended it before they even got back home. I think it was from the honeymoon. I think it was maybe the last day or so that they left. I, I man, I was really, I used to be really good at names. But since there's been so many seasons, people are coming back and forth. I, but I believe the woman's name was Heather. Oh, Heather and Derek. There you go. I believe of season four. And she couldn't take. I guess maybe his personality or or not his antics not necessarily but I remember her getting angry that he used to smoke but not even like smoke we just smoke cigarettes and he uh, a lot but he was saying like look I'm on vacation and I'm good and he's like what about you you keep drinking all the damn time and she's like but I'm on vacation so it's like a clearly a double standard but she did she decided to leave super early and um uh, you know ended it before uh, they even got home so it was it was 
that was interesting for Derek because he had to pretty much spend the entire season just by himself. You know, like the post, uh, like post, not divorce. Well, I guess post annulment or whatever. While everybody else got to live out their marriage. So that was embarrassing. But with recommitment day, they still haven't. Nobody has reneged on recommitment at least i don't think i think it would be more uh more obvious but anyway so uh day 29 of marriage that's that's where we're at right now so we're at day 29 of marriage and it starts with woody and amani so amani says that she loves breakfast time because woody pulls out all the stops you know he makes breakfast he makes the mimosas sometimes gives her flowers because uh, he was cooking something. He was cooking breakfast, and he told her to open up the refrigerator. And in the refrigerator was a bouquet of flowers, just waiting for her to, uh, f- waiting for her to get it, waiting for her to pick it up. And like she loves things like that. Um, so she she definitely likes marriage and thing that's things that are going on right now. She she really likes the way that things are going, but at the same time, she needs to pull herself down to reality. So that's when they start wanting to budget their books. So money wants to work on the budget. So Woody asks, um, "Okay, sure, we'll work on the we'll work on the budget. What about date night? Because um, I want to work. I want to go out once a week." And she's like, "Yeah, sure. You know, date night." That's no problem with me. That's exactly what I want to do. And he's like, okay, well, I want to spend $150 on you. That should be the budget. And she's like, whoa, 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 $150 a night? And then she's like, yo, that's $600 for the month. And she's like, like, we don't have to ball out like that all the time. She said that we can go to the movies. She says, that's cute. Um, We could stay in, you know, cook. And that's what I like, man. That's what I like about Imani. A lot more, more women need to think like that. Okay, like it's not all about the money or the or the extravagant stuff that makes you think that it's worth or that you're worth all that extraness. You know, like, and that's not to say you don't hold any value. That's the difference. Because a lot of these women out here are trying to buy Birkin bags and all this stuff, or Birkin bags are twelve thousand dollars on the low end, thinking that this this is what I'm worth. So yes, I should be getting that. No, you necessarily shouldn't. And even if you did, that doesn't mean you're worth something. You need to still hold value to who you are, like having Amani say that she doesn't need to spend $150 a week per week and would rather use those resources for other things and that we could, you know, go to the movies or take a walk or something like that. That That's awesome. That's value. She is smart and she wants to use her resources in a smart way. And that's not necessarily saying, oh, you're just saying that because you cheap or that's the cheap route. No, 
that's not necessarily true either is it cheaper of course but it's smarter and also she doesn't equate large amounts of money to worthiness it's 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 not true um I, I feel that she's super smart in that aspect and you want somebody on that team on your team to think that way like yo we don't need to we don't need to ball out and do all this we could we could keep it low-key and then use this money towards something else or even use the money save up the money towards like a a, a trip like a real trip or something like that as opposed to 150 dollars guaranteed every every date night like what are what are you eating that it has to resort to a hundred and fifty dollars even though dates are getting expensive now but 150 dollars all every time and i know it's once a week but still it, it's a lot that's 600 dollars. that could have that could go someplace else 600 dollars can go into the we're going to like alaska fund or something um or we're going on a trip to puerto rico or the cayman islands or jamaica anywhere else not date night i, I feel that's very smart of amani and that's cool i I, I, re- I really respect her for doing that and she and also amani is worried about uh woody's clothing expenses because his clothing expenditures can go from $500 to $1,000. He's very extravagant in his clothes and what he wears. And he says, hey, you can't take your money with you. So you might as well spend it. And I understand that mentality. But again, you need to conserve your money and where it goes. Because sure, you can't go with it. But that doesn't, but you, you're not also guaranteed it either. So that doesn't mean you should spend where the spending is good. That means sometimes you need to save because other times you might not be able to get it. You might lose a job or you need to pay for um, a flat tire. I, I, I recently got a flat tire and... I couldn't call a um, AAA to fix it because that would cost money and I didn't have AAA insurance. So guess what I had to do? I had to, at 5 o'clock at night, super dark because we're in the wintertime, and in 25-degree weather, had to change my my passenger side's back tire. And it took me like an hour, hour and a half because I forgot my gloves and all the machinery that I had in the car was manual. I mean, I had to manually jack the car up, manually take the bolts off the tire, manually crank down my spare tire, all that stuff. And it took me forever and I was freezing. But you see, if I had money, if I, if I was able to spend money, I would have called AAA that second. But I couldn't. So I had to do what I had to do. So sometimes you don't want to be put in a predicament or a situation where you don't have the money when you you don't have the money when you need the money. 
shouldn't necessarily spend it on frivolous things like woody like sure yeah he wants to look fashionable and and all that good stuff and that's great but he should be thinking in amani's amani's pace and use that money to build towards something to build for their family well not even their family but for them to 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 live and uh have wealth and grow their money that that's what he should be doing but it uh, i'm glad that amani is in that headspace it's it, it's a, it's a really good thing so then we move on to olivia and brett and olivia suggests to talk to pastor cal because she feels she needs help in their marriage because they're in a a soft spot right now and she feels overwhelmed because she doesn't know what her husband is thinking and again in the last episode that's what i was saying about brett brett makes it difficult for him i mean well he's he's always been he's always been articulate with his explanations on things but the thing that gets lost in the mud is his sarcasm so you don't know not that he's telling the truth but you don't know where his true intentions are and why is he so uh not distant but avoidant on on asking certain questions or answering sorry answering certain questions what why why are you like this i i i can't get a straight answer it's always like a sarcasm thing to deviate to someplace else because you you feel uncomfortable about talking about a certain thing so she feels that he is different on and off camera and for any long time right at first sight uh person you understand uh where that's coming from some people can acknowledge that they're on a show other people can just focus in and say like no this is my marriage and we're gonna do this correctly but yeah you have to understand the cameras are on you all the time so yeah i could only imagine how hard it is for you to not think of the people in your face 24 7 kind of like christina where she always uh not backhands but backlashes against the production company because they want her to act a certain way and she doesn't want to do it so i understand that so that's always that has definitely been a reoccurring issue in the latter seasons of married at first sight and she says that off-camera brett is a nice guy caring thoughtful and he's just brett whereas oh and they show a little clip of like the off-camera brett because sure the cameramen have all left but unbeknownst to the couples there are also cameras implanted all over the apartment and one of them is in the living room and they're on the couch and she's sitting up on the couch and he's lying down on her lap you know his head is in her lap and he's like oh i think you should lean in and kiss me and then she does and she starts smirking and he says uh, a couple more times and then she does it again and she's 
I guess, happy about that. Um, but to chime in there, again, she doesn't... Her affection is weird because it's not like she's caressing him or anything like that. Like, her, his head is in her lap. But to my knowledge, I don't think, like, her hand, her free hand, uh, was, like, rubbing his head while it was in her lap. You know, she's very, I don't know, she's just very... She's very delicate. She's very, not innocent, like, oh, we can't do this. But she's not very affectionate. And, again, I don't know Brett's uh, love language, but I know that he wants affection from her. And it's lacking from Olivia. And I don't get why she is that way. I, I hope we get to a resolution as to why she isn't. Uh, more affectionate it, it it's kind of getting on my nerves but anyway uh, another another part is where he um they're in front of the tv same place same uh living uh same area at the living room and he's sitting down and she's on top of him not like in a sexual way but in a sort of let's say if if um if brett was holding a baby it's Olivia, and he's, like, cradling her, like, back and forth, and, like, he's a, he's a big, strong guy to do that, and she's just accepting it, and she's, like, smiling and all that stuff, so they're having a good, t- a fairly good time, and, yeah, I guess off-camera Brett is, is pretty cool, but then she says on-camera Brett is a little bit extra and over-the-top sometimes, and the sarcasm is... Or, or like it was over the top and that's what i've been talking about in early episodes of this podcast that brett needs to calm down and yeah he probably is a little uh, the thing is i think the sarcasm is it it actually is him i don't think he is being over the top maybe he might be a little bit but you can see from his family especially from his brothers they're all sarcastic and it's annoying <laughs> because they all they're all trying to top one another in their sarcasm and it's stupid they did just need to stop that it's so annoying um but i can i think maybe brett can be a little much with his sarcasm and that he needs to tone it down a notch because his sarcasm can kind of come off as mean and rude and and in a second olivia expresses that it could it could it could be cutthroat just because he wants to end the conversation so he'll say something sarcastic but with a little gut punch so it's like all right like we're done we're done with this conversation you know so i don't know brett believes olivia is misinterpreting his intentions and he's not being fake He's just trying to make her look good for the camera and the world. So basically, he's trying to protect her because maybe she's, maybe she could be coming off as a bitch on camera. And sometimes she does. So he's trying to protect her and not have, I guess, the commenters on YouTube or whatever in the internet space go after her because what we're seeing might be misrepresented you know so he is trying to protect her from that 
And Olivia feels that Brett is just doing what's necessary to look good on TV. And Brett assumes... Oh, no. Brett assures everyone that he's being honest. Okay. Brett assures everyone that he's being honest. Olivia doesn't believe him. And Pastor Cal says, why? And she says, because she can't figure him out. And Pastor Cal just goes goes straight for her. And he says, are you afraid of trust? And she says that she trusts him until she says she trusts people until you prove her wrong. And Pastor Kel says, well, has he proven you wrong? And she says, I don't know. So that that's something there that they definitely need to talk about because now trust is being questioned and you can't do anything in a marriage, in a business relationship, in a formal relationship you're you're stuck in traction and you're stuck in the mud if trust cannot be established you can't move forward so that needs to be rectified and quickly um so we we head into miles and karen and karen says it's it's almost their one month anniversary so they need to know each other organically and naturally as opposed to checking off each other's boxes before decision day it's like okay that's her you know that's her big thing they need to know each other organically and naturally as opposed to uh just trying to check off oh okay he does this he does that okay that's great but like who are you really that's her that's her thing and um they play two truths and a lie and Miles wins. Then the and the dare is getting tattoos, and then because apparently off camera she's always she's always wanted to get tattoos. I I, I doubt that Miles was was meaning to say matching tattoos. I, I you know just just for them to get tattoos at the same time, but whatever tattoo you wanted, and she's like, oh I don't know, it's permanent. And she's like, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's permanent, like the commitment that you made to me, it's permanent. So there's that. And I, and I like that he did that because it's kind of um, putting her on blast about fear of commitment, you know, with everything, with them and with now this uh, tattoo thing, because he wants to know where her head's at, because for the past couple weeks, sure she's been trying but it's still a little it's still a little lackluster on her end but she's trying to make it seem like it's she can't read miles oh i don't i don't know if he's genuine i don't know if he's true and he has done nothing but show you exactly who he is but we have no idea who you are karen but you're are accusing the situation of not being organic or natural we need to get to know each other naturally or organically well start asking questions because living day by day is not going to do it ask direct questions how about that let's get this show on the road so you so you can feel comfortable in deciding what you want to do and with what's going on in this relationship because you're the one who's pretty much keeping it at a snail's pace 
where I mean, sure Miles can calm down too, but at the same time, he's a hopeless romantic. He wants to get this show on the road, and he's he's already talking about it being permanent and commitment and all that stuff. And you're just still, I don't know. You you still have a. We need to know each other naturally and grow. You still have a one foot in, one foot out mentality where Miles is like, um, I'm not going anywhere. So you can, you, I know you have one foot in, one foot out, but you better close that door because I'm, I'm staying, you know, so it's not, it's not Miles, Karen, it's you. Okay. So we go to Harry and Christine, Harry, (laughs) we go to Henry and Christina and Kristen, oh man, well, let me tell you about this. So we remember Kristen, right, from the wedding and the first uh, get together of the family. Kristen was acting like a huge bitch, saying that she didn't believe in the marriage. She didn't even consider Christina real. Um, she was she had just very big harsh words for uh, Christina and also uh, Trishel throwback from the real world you know she 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 uh landed in a reality tv again but Kristen, back then i mean back in those early episodes was a huge bitch i still didn't like her but when she came on the scene right now she she made some very interesting points and i and i gave it to her you know i, I gave it to her i was like okay just okay this person is a is a she is showing her She's playing her friend card, and and that's good. She's giving good advice. But uh, so Kristen comes over to give Henry advice, and they're discussing the lack of confidence assessment that Christina gave Henry. And he says, like, look, I know I'm hard to read. I I know I get that I'm I I know that I get dry. I know that I'm monotone. I know I'm to myself a lot. I know I'm not the most affectionate. But I'm working on it. And then Kristen says, but hey, I mean, if that's who you are, don't put any negative connotations to it if, if that's who you are. And she's asking, Kristen is asking if uh, Christina is blowing up, is blowing up on a production. Game. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. This, this is another thing. She was, um, Kristen is questioning Christina and Asking if she's purposely pushing buttons, pushing Henry's buttons to maybe cause a reaction or any, or anything like that. And um, um, he he says he he doesn't know if she's doing it on purpose. And then they show a clip where Kristen is talking about how she has seen the side of Christina that we have been seeing with production because. On the friends and family episode where you get invited to the couple's first party as a couple in their in their new homes, uh, Christina was blowing up on production again and saying, I'm not doing that because I think, I believe, production wanted Christina to talk about a certain subject. And she's like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, and she just saw just this catty, bratty person. And Kristen says that she doesn't want Henry to change who he is and not get 
emotionally fulfilled. And I and I completely understand that. And and that's good advice. Cause yes, Henry is all these things and it's a difference. I mean, I'm not saying nobody shouldn't change for anybody, but to fundamentally change for you to think you need to fundamentally change who you are, that is a red flag and that and you shouldn't do that. Um it, it, it's one thing where I don't know somebody wants you to try tomatoes and you're like yo I don't like tomatoes or your taste buds doesn't make you like tomatoes but you're like okay let me freaking try out tomatoes because you made this your special dish is like I don't know tomato soup or something like that I don't know <laughs> something with tomatoes and you taste it for that person and you're like you know what okay I can have this every once in a while okay that's cool you know you, you said you never like tomatoes but you can do it for this person, but to fundamentally change, like, hey, your monotonous or your dryness, that's that's you. And if a person doesn't like that, yeah, I mean, it's one thing if a person will have to deal with it. But if they don't like it and they want you to change that about you, like, that's that's a bit much. So, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with that couple. It's, uh, it's very, it's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> that couple's weird. Um, let's see. Uh, Amelia is having. Uh, it it's this this is Brett and Amelia now. So Amelia is having lunch with her friend Cyril, and she's saying that everything is going good, and she admits that she is content in her life, and wrote Bennett a song for their one month anniversary. And Bennett is super happy, and he is he he's so happy that he can't wait to say "I love you" for the first time to Amelia. And uh, and later in the episode, he does, and she's like, "Well, I love you too." And he's like, "Wait, what? You do?" He's like, "Yeah, I do." She's like, "Oh my god!" So that was good. So they're 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 going they're going great. So back to Brett and Olivia. Brett states that she has something that Brett can work on. Because everybody likes to hear that. Everybody loves to be told what you need to work on. But <laughs> Olivia states that she has something that Brett can work on. And that his sarcasm can be hurtful. And like Olivia, Olivia's... What? Oh, and... Uh, and he says that Olivia's conversations can be mead, mean. His sarcasm can come off as pretty mean too. And yeah, and it's good. I because I'm reading my notes and it says thank you for the shout out, meaning thank you for pinpointing the exact thing that you wanted wanted to say. You didn't beat around the bush. His sarcasms can come off pretty mean too, and they can. And she says that she gets defensive and the more that she gets, the more that he gets sarcastic, the more she gets defensive. So when that happens, she wants to like pump the brakes and say, hold on, reassess the situation and continue on to the resolution. And that's great. That is awesome. And I'm glad that they came to a resolution for that. And then that's good because, yeah, sometimes fueling that fire is unnecessary she'll say something he gets sarcastic so she gets mad so she starts being defensive and then starts 
getting angry at him and then she sees that he sees that she's angry so he gets even more sarcastic which makes more her more angry you know and 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 it's a just a bad vicious cycle so it's good that she's like wait let's put a let's put a break on it okay let's stop and now let's reassess why we're even having this conversation in the first place and then let's go let's reassess this so that's 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 a that's good on olivia's part i'm proud of her for that so um miles 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 and karen and uh amani and woody they have brunch with each other so the two best friends and their new wives okay they have lunch with each other um Oh, oh, uh, Woody's telling the story of how, uh, he came, he came home and dinner was already made. It was ready. Like the wine was out and all this stuff. And he was so appreciative of, um, I was going to say Amelia, appreciative of Amani because he was just dead tired, dead tired to the world. I forget what he does, but he was dead tired to the world. And he was just so happy that dinner was ready. Um, everything was done. The wine was out. And he was like, girl, come here. <laughs> you know, he wanted to give her a, mas- a massage and stuff. It was so funny because uh, Karen ain't doing that. <laughs> it's so messed up. I mean, granted, yeah, they're not at that level yet. But again, whose fault is that? <laughs> you know, whose fault is that? Um, certainly not Miles. But, uh, but yeah, so I forget who asked this question. Oh, I think, oh, it was definitely Miles. This is a Miles question. See, so he says, since they've been married for a month now, he asks, what have you learned about yourself? And Woody and Amani both say patience and the patience for each other. And then Karen says, I'm hard to read. You see, this is what she says about her. And Miles is like, hell yeah, shoot. You know, you can say that again or whatever. Again, hard to read. This, again, she is stopping everything from being the potential that it can reach. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And, uh, and Miles tells the story about compliments. So, uh, he gives, uh, Karen a compliment. Oh, you look good or whatever. And she questions him. She always questions him and says, oh, do I? Like, do I? Like that. And one day, Miles comes out of the shower, all oiled up, clean. And he's looking for her, and she says nothing. But then Dr. Viviana, when they sit down and asks, do you find Miles attractive? And she says, yes. When I saw you the other day, when I saw you the other day, you know, taking a shower. And he's like, okay, well, thank you for not telling me that. So you see, so she keeps these compliments to herself. I don't know, either to not gas him or maybe to, uh, what am I trying to say? To try to convince her that, to, to convince herself that he's not attractive, you know? So she, so she doesn't like him or something. It, it, it's just weird. Why would you keep that compliment to yourself? So this guy's walking around doesn't know that his wife likes him and you expect him to 
satisfy your needs and you don't even try to compliment him to ease his pain to let him know that or ease his worry or his concerns and let him know that no he's on the right path this guy doesn't know what to do with you and you literally just told him that you're hard to read so how are you making this situation easier for the both of you if you withhold your feelings for him and your compliments for him and you also don't let him know how you're feeling about anything because you're hard to read how how are we going to move forward in this situation that's all i want to know what is holding you back and can we fix that because this what you're doing is not working so i don't know so the episode goes on we've hit day 30 um Christina and Henry still haven't had sex. Christina's talking with her her bestie in her house. And he goes, well, the previous guys were crazy. And she, and she's saying, like, day one, we were having sex. And I'm not talking about her and the bestie. I'm talking about these previous guys that were crazy. And she says, that like, well, yeah, day one, we were having sex. So you see the kind of guys that she goes for? And that she's willing to spread eagle for. You know what I mean? And that's not to say that she's a whore or whatever. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that it, on day one, these crazy guys, she let smash. But with Henry, who's been trying to be polite and all these things and respect her. Not that she's holding out, but she's not even trying to... She's waiting for him to put on the first move, but honey, it's 2020. If you want, if you want to go get some dick, go get some. What, what, what are you doing to entice him to make the first move? Remember, women say it all the time: silence is not compliance. So you just can't sit there and expect him to make a move on you when you're not giving him any clues, or I don't know any incentive for him to be like you know what maybe i should do the first move you just want to sit there and then have him just grope you or something no make say something do, do some pop a titty out i don't know do something like what are you doing you you like i don't know you're not doing anything to entice him you just expect him to be a horny dog and grab you and no because if you're not giving him any signals and he just grabs you. Guess what that is? That's assault, right? That's what you guys call it. It's assault. So you need to show him that you're ready for him. And you don't. So I don't know. And the his be- and her bestie starts, you know, kind of making fun of him saying, um, isn't it weird that uh, you're... Isn't it weird? Isn't it weird to be with someone who follows the rules? And he goes, "I'm sure he's never even gotten a speeding ticket." And she's like, "Yeah, you haven't been. You never got a speeding ticket." And he's an even killed guy, and he's good on paper. And it just reminds me of the Bill Burr thing, where I forget what specialty it is, but he's saying that like, "Oh, you know, you guys look at you. 
you guys claim that you want an even-keeled guy. It's like, hi, honey, I'm home. Um, you know, traffic was crazy, but I had, I'm glad that I had the books on tape. And, uh, made me, uh, calm. And he was talking about, yeah, like, you, like, what, you want a guy who, um, who, like, fucks you missionary all the time? Oh, oh your, your hair is like a flowing water. You're like an angel. But when you really want a guy who smushes your head in the pillow and, like, bangs you in the back, you know, gives you back shots from the back, like, that's what you guys really want. But you claim you want a nice guy. So it just reminded me of this where, you know, you, you've wanted, a, you've wanted a guy different from all the guys that you've had before, which is why you're on this show. So now that you have him, he's boring to you and he's nothing to you. So again, what do you want now? It's not all to blame Christina because, again, Henry has said multiple times that he's not confident. He's, uh, he's, um, he's shy and he's all that stuff. And he hasn't even stepped up to a woman in real life. So, yes, a lot of onus is on him as well. But still, you can't keep ragging on this guy for being who he is. Again, you need to, I don't know, you keep, wanting him to step up and yes he does he does need to do that but again you need to give him incentive you try to christina tries to um not poke the bear but uh put him down a peg every time he talks every time she talks about him she tries to put him down a peg i don't know if it's to rustle him up to be like you know what no, I'm not like this. I'm 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 like this. And to show off his bravado and 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 rustle his feathers and put make him uh stretch out his I mean puff out his chest to show that he's a man and maybe that's trying to ruffle him up. Maybe that's a uh a strategy, a strategic thing that she's trying to do, which is stupid. You shouldn't have to insult somebody to have to have him step up for you. That that's not nice. But uh, it, it it's on both of them. I I, I don't know. I, I I don't necessarily want them to work out. I, I want Henry to leave Christina because Christina is starting to be too much. But as of right now, again, I don't, even though the show is over, I don't know the results. And I'm not going to look them up. I'm go, we're going to go through this together. So if you don't know what what's going on, I don't know what's going on for the future. But for Henry Christina, if they if they do want to make this work, then make it work, okay? Like Christina, pop a titty out, do something. I don't know. Have him want you, as opposed to sitting there saying you need to be more confident. You need to get over your insecurities and take me. Like that. That's not how it works. You know, like, have you dressed up in lingerie already? Have you have you gotten naked in front of him? Did you ask him to come in the shower with you? You know, like Woody and Imani, they're highly attracted to each other, and on the vacation they couldn't wait to um uh take a shower together. Have you done that? Have you even tried to do that? Like, have you asked him to rub your feet, give you a massage? 
You know, like, come on, come on. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, let's keep going. So, so we're on Miles and Karen again, and it's gift giving time because again, I said it's it's a uh, thirty, it's uh, the thirty days. So, uh, Miles gives a shirt to Karen, which models black love, and on it it says that even though he can't, he he doesn't want to emulate necessarily the black couples from TV. He he wants he wants to um show that. I guess they can be one of them or something like that. I mean, it, it was, it was, I was half paying attention because I was more writing down who the, um, characters were. It was a cool shirt because it was custom. So like he, he, he doesn't want to emulate the people to a T, but he wants, but he wants to, he wants to be in that realm of, uh, the company. So the first people is Sinclair and Overton from, uh, living single and that's that's crazy because I've I, I haven't heard those names in quite some time, and or even put next to other prominent black TV couples, so, and uh, Whitley and Dwayne, uh, different world, uh, Harriet and Carl, from Family Members, fa Family Members, Family Matters, uh, Vivian and Philip, that's awesome, from The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Rainbow and Dre from Blackish. Uh, Beth and Randall, I did not know. I actually looked this up, and that couple's from This Is Us. Never seen This Is Us. I know it's amazing. I know that every episode makes you want to cry. Um, but yeah, I heard it's a great show. Uh, Gina and Martin, of course, from Martin, and Claire and Cliff from The Cosby Show. Uh, of course, that's like probably uh, other than. Vivian and Philip, that's like the top tier of uh, black couples. So she's, um, anyway, she's thoughtful of the gift. And she kisses him twice on the cheek. Yeah, twice on the cheek. Mind you, they've been literally married for 30 days. They've slept in the same bed together. They've eaten together they went on vacation with each other they've seen each other well not naked but in bathing suits whatever and in 30 days they've only mustered up to kissing on the cheek with each other have they kissed on the lips before yes but only as a dare never a natural and organic thing that she's always wanted and again very sad <laughs> that's bad 30 days 30 days anyway for Armani and Woody uh, Amani is happy because they are mentally, physically, and emotionally connecting. So that's good. Um, Amelia and Bennett. Bennett got Amelia a blender. And 
Amelia wrote a song for Bennett. We're getting to the part where the producers and the experts give give each couple, um, you know, like the anniversary gifts. So it's um, the movie of the wedding, the wedding album, and also their vows encased in frames. So we get to Olivia and Brett, and while they're uh, while they're watching the their wedding video. Olivia isn't affectionate whatsoever. And she's very closed in. And all that Brett can do is touch her shoulder. And it's just, again, it's just very weird. I don't, I don't know why she does that. Where it's like, um, essentially, because like, so let me try to paint a picture. So they're both sitting on the couch and... Brett has his arm around Olivia and he's caressing her shoulder and she's just sitting there and she's not even putting her hand on his lap to caress it or anything like that she's just she's just to herself almost like she's cold or something not cold as in bitchy cold as in like temperature like she's cold shows she's nestled up in her own body while you know this hunk of a man is right there next to her and she's not doing anything she's not being affectionate or conveying anything to elicit any romanticness <laughs> she's just sitting there and watching the movie laughing and smiling and saying oh this is good this is great and yeah sure it is great to relive your stuff but you're not being affectionate you're not holding hands what do you what is going on i don't know there's there's something with her and i want to know so bad what the deal is with her and affection but anyway to get to woody and amani and woody and sorry amani says that him saying i love you without her saying it makes her feel good and she says it makes me feel happy when it, it makes me feel happy when he says that because then she feels in a good space. Um, too bad he doesn't necessarily. No, I don't want to say that he doesn't feel the same, but you're not giving him the same energy. I'm sure, he's happy all on his own. He's already at the light. I love you stage and all that stuff. And sure, your presence makes him happy, but you, like you said, you have yet to say those I love you words. And again, you're not, you know, I don't want you to force it. I don't want it to be like that situation with uh, that, other, that other couple last season, uh, Jessica and Andrew. No, that's not, I don't think that's his name. I know the woman's name was Andrew. I forget what her husband's name was, but she was obsessed with him saying, I love you first, or it wouldn't be real to her, even though everything was going swimmingly well. And he finally said it. Or, or I love you first or I love you back. One of those. But she was obsessed with that. So I'm not saying that I don't want you to be forced. You thinking that you need to be forced, Amani, to say I love you. But um, I just want people to reciprocate. That's it. It's it's not a hard thing. You know, you're, him saying I love you 
brings butterflies into your stomach and you feel all warm and gooey and giddy. I just want you to do the same thing for you, man. I don't want it to ever be one-sided or where one person believes that they are doing more than the other because when you hit that point, then it becomes resentment. And when you hit resentment, you don't want to do anything for that person anymore. And you're just like, this person takes me for granted. I don't even want to do anything for this person. Fuck that person. That person's a bitch or whatever. And that's horrible. So every relationship should try to be reciprocal. That should be a mainstay in relationships today and forever. Just try to be reciprocal. Do onto others. You want you want that that person makes you feel good. Guess what? They want to feel good too. So reciprocate in any manner that you can. Whether it's emotionally, mentally, physically, sexually, whatever. Just try to reciprocate. And I'm not saying it's a guarantee that your relationship will stand the test of time. But both of you guys would be in a much better and giving and loving spot and space if you do. That is it. Just reciprocate. That's it. That is it. Um, okay. Keep going. Uh, let's see. Now we're on day 31. Um, and Amelia and Bennett say to each other they're, they are happy they're in love with each other. Um, Henry and Christina, Henry, going back to Henry and Christina. Now she's poking the bear again, doing, uh, uh, passive aggressive, uh, things and saying, because, uh, they're looking at their, uh, wedding album and she's like, oh, this is before we got to see each other. Happier times, huh? And I, I get that it's a joke, but at the same time, it's a sliver of truth. And why would you say that, that, oh, happier times was when we didn't meet each other. We haven't yet met each other. You know, it's, come on, don't do that. Oh, yeah, and there was a part where um, he's very happy. And this is when he was at the altar. And she goes, well, oh, I hope this uh, picture was when you saw me. And he was like, yeah, it was. And Henry senses the sarcasm slash truth when Christina talks. And we're, we're all picking it up, Henry. We're all, we're all with you. Christina is being very bitchy and being very frustrated because she's not getting what she wants. And she's not, well, I can't say she hasn't been verbal. She has been. But it's more so not in the vein of hey let's work with this hey let's work on this together it's more so hey you need to you need to get your act together like come on what are you doing it's a very hey you better do this henry not a hey let's come on let's 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 see what's up you know it's a better it's a very hey you better fix this and i don't know Christina says that she needs to stop comparing Henry to her exes. Even though they move slow, he has shown her kindness and thoughtfulness as the others were crazy and only wanted sex. 
So at least she sees that as something positive, you know. So that, that that's always good. So Karen and Miles, they're looking at the book. Uh, Miles is smiling, and Karen looks like she was shaking. <laughs> um, because uh, yeah, Miles was looking at the books, and he was like, "Oh man, it looks like." looks like you were shaking and miles is all smiling in the in the picture and yeah miles she was shaking she did not want to see your ass not at all and she didn't even admit it right in front of you right then and they go to the clip where she's like oh i don't think i can do this he's not my type he has so many feelings all these all these things and i'm glad that they do that to her just like they always run back the clip of jamie and Doug in season one where she freaking flipped out that she why would the show hook her up with you know a dude that she didn't find mildly attractive well guess what they're two kids down in a house a home and she's happy so there you go sometimes chicks you don't know what the hell you want until it's shoved in your face and you're like no this is what you need you this might not be what you want but this is what you need and look jamie what i don't know six seven years later she's the only one who's made it in her season with two kids and um a loving husband so there you go sometimes women you need to expound expand your mind and your thoughts and be more be like be open to things you don't know everything. You might think you do. You might. Th- you. I know that you see all these um, products around that say Mr. Right. And then the other thing says Mrs. Always Right. No, that's just marketing. Okay. You're not always right. You're not all knowing. You're not all seeing. You might be more mature than us or, or grow more, more mature than men. Whoop-de-doo. But that doesn't mean you know everything under the sun so you need to expand your mind open your mind and know that hey you could be wrong sometimes <laughs> it's okay that means you're human so yeah open your mind so i'm so i'm glad that um uh karen at least did see that miles is doing okay and she's given him a chance to prove himself that he's not what she was scared of and also christina too um but yeah so um uh, mile oh, not miles karen says we have a long way to go we're very different on how we process things how we handle emotion affection but i'm glad i went with it because he treats me good and i and i don't like that because it's like but what are you bringing to the table karen you know you're you're staying with him because he treats me good that's a very selfish way of thinking of thinking of things what what are you bringing to the table like women love to say what are you bringing to the table? Yes, what are you bringing to the table, Karen? Because I'm seeing a whole bunch of what Miles is bringing, and you have yet brought, you have yet to bring a plate to the table, and you're already snacking on what Miles has been giving you. 
but what do you bring you know why isn't it ever he treats me good and i can't wait to treat him right and be his one and only it's never that it's he treats me good full stop (laughs) you know it's never oh i can't wait to treat him right and show him he's the best and i can't wait to show him that that he's the best you know it's like yep he treats me good boom done never you know i can't wait to treat him right too and show him that he's my one and only never but okay um so now they read their vows to each other uh she says miles it's so nice to finally meet you we don't know each other yet but i can already tell you're brave don't cry trust in this process in meeting and marrying a stranger at first sight it's no simple task um and it's like i don't know her 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 speech was very um let me get let me i i wrote it down really quick so let me um get the real uh interpretation uh let's see oh there we go so she writes miles it's so it's so nice to finally meet you we don't know each other yet but i can barely tell no but but i can barely but i can already tell that you're brave trust trusting this process meeting and marrying a stranger at first sight is no simple task i'm looking forward to getting to know you even more what i'm getting I'm looking forward to getting to know even more about you as we embark on this journey. I will be open-minded, patient, and understanding as we go through this process together. I look forward to getting to know you and growing with you as we enter into this new phase of life. Remember, we're in this together, and that, no matter what happens, I will always strive to be the best version of myself. And, like, I don't know, that reads, I don't know, that reads weird to me, because, for one, um, she didn't look forward to meeting Miles, um, we all know that, it's on video, and she says, I will be open-minded, no, you weren't, uh, I will be patient, you have not been, and, uh, you'll be understanding as we go through this process together, mm, that's, uh, that's debatable, and no matter what happens i will always strive to be the best version of myself that that's i don't know that doesn't seem like it's for him because uh, it's hard to explain but i'll let you know when we'll we'll discuss this right after this right after miles so miles says my dearest karen this is his vow with this process there has been a lot of uncertainty uncertainty to say the least on our journey together, I wanted to let you know that these things are certain. Promise to respect, honor, and protect you. I look forward to caring. I look forward to caring for you the way that you want and need to be cared for. You see how different that is between his vow and her vow. You can you can you can hear that he cares for the person. You know, I look forward to caring for you the way that you want and need to be cared for. It's it's for you. And he says, even though this process has a lot of uncertainty, these things are certain. 
to promise, to respect, honor, and protect you. You hear that? And her thing is, what? Her thing is like, oh, I promise to be the best version of myself. Huh? What is? What does it have to do for me? What? What is? What? I promise to be the best version of myself. That means like, whatever happens, with or without you, I'm gonna grow, <laughs> and and be better for for me, if if I if I make it out of this or not. You know that that's what it kind of sounds like, um, and I I, I don't know. Ugh whatever man <laughs> like it just it just sounds bad it really does it just sounds bad but whatever um i believe that is the end of the show oh yeah 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 that's the, that's the end of the notes all right so and ended on a whimper all right thanks karen <laughs> but i don't know it her things just sound very not very fluff oh yeah because she oh here it is because she said she wanted to be real and not write things like, I want to spend the rest of my life with you and blah, blah, blah. Which, fine, I can understand that. You don't need to write fake platitudes and stuff. But but Miles, Miles is still, you can hear from his vow to how he is as a person now. At least, or at least up to this episode. That he has been very thorough and very true to what he believes in. Okay? And with karen you can see that she hasn't her 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 uh her vows are her vows are crap she's she's already not contradicted she's she's betrayed her own vows that's why i love when they do the first month um uh, not evaluations but the first month anniversary and they give the vows to the person to show you are you are you living your vows are you living your truth that you wrote just so it can look smack back at you in your face. So you could be like, oh man, I'm not living my truth. I'm not living this vow. Or, yep, you see, I am living this vow. This vow is real. The, the, this I, I am the living embodiment of my vow. And that is exactly what Miles is. He's the living embodiment of his vow. And Karen is like, eh, whatever happens, I'm going to be the best version of myself. <laughs> you know uh, I don't know it's very weird uh, but anyway okay we reached the end of the show but it's what you know what that means that means I'm gonna pull out card number five okay card number five of the skin deeps the and card game the self edition all right so let's go let's 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 get to it let's get to it what does it say what do I think I have yet to learn about myself? Ooh. What do I think I have yet to learn about myself? I think my potential, if I'm going to be honest, because I, I have all these ideas, movie ideas, story ideas, and also topic ideas, podcast ideas. And I, I, I don't think... I know at which the level I can go because I don't think I've reached my potential yet. I have potential. I I definitely do. But 
I think that I, if I can execute these things, and I know that everybody says that, but I believe that I can ex- execute these things, I can be a freaking force on this world, you know, and people will freaking know my name. And I think that, but I haven't learned to get that out of me and onto, in, in into existence, I should say. So it's like, what do I think I have yet to learn about myself? I think it's like my my potential and how to, and how to execute it to my advantage. You know, I don't think I've reached that yet. I don't think I've learned that about myself. That I do have potential. I believe that I can make it. I believe that I can be a, not a superstar, but a force to be reckoned with, and that people know my name. Um, I think that would be awesome to learn and execute. That's that's what I think. Um, but yeah, so hopefully that that happens for me. You know. Um. So let's. Yeah. That. <laughs> I mean, there's not much more I can say. But yeah, I think that's it. That's it for me. Thank you for listening to the Inquisitive Nobody podcast. You can find this podcast on multiple digital service providers such as Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and iHeartRadio. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Vero at T-I-N-Q-Pod. That is TinkPod. If you have any questions or topics you want me to discuss, you can either call 845-893-1863 and leave a voicemail or email me at tinkpodcast at gmail.com. That is T-I-N-Q podcast at gmail.com. And I'll read your suggestions on the next show. So, after today's episode, I'm not saying I have the dating world figured out, but I am getting closer to figuring out a way to love within it. Thank you for listening. My name is Martini Jean, and I am the Inquisitive Nobody. Thanks for listening. Bye.